This call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. Today we have as our guest, Mr. K. Duncan Deaton, who is the author of The Boy Without a Soul. Are you there, Duncan? I am here, John. Very good. I want to thank you for being our guest today. And uh, I'd like to uh, uh, throw the doors wide open to all types of discussion, if you would uh, like to do that. I, I would. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I, I looked at uh, uh, the information that, that you gave me and also some other uh, information I found on the Internet. And, you know, after a while, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Duncan is the sees himself as a protagonist. Is that true in the novel? I, I do. Um, the the protagonist, uh, Tom Tanner, is is uh, an avatar of myself. Um, and what he goes through uh, is somewhat fictional, but um, it is also based on the reality of my experiences as an oncologist for 35 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have... Um quite a few things that we have in common. Um, the day that you joined the Marines was three weeks after I got back from Vietnam. Uh, and uh, I uh, also looked at uh, the, the same type of uh, upbringing, if you will. I, I was uh, born in Nashville. Uh, we yep. moved from Nash we moved from Nashville to Oklahoma City to Dallas, and uh, I understand I have a great, a very good understanding of the South and the Deep South, uh, in, including um, Christianity. Yeah, there's a, there's a great deepness there. There is, and I I, I saw the part where your your father uh, was uh, a Baptist deacon, and he was. Held My mother Sunday taught school. Sunday school. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Very good. I um, I was uh, raised in the Church of Christ. That's three times a week. Uh, they had had to find me to, to drag me to church. <laughs> but <and> when <laughs> I got old enough that I could say no, I'd rather not. I wasn't living at home anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. No, but when I was at home, I I went to church. Um, I was dutiful to my parents who uh, were very much involved in the church, the uh, Baptist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like the, uh, the, it was referred to as a hybrid sect name, the Roman Baptists. The Roman Baptists, yes. In, in the book, I decided that I could not um, write about fundamentalists in general because they do occupy very different um, positions on religion, and so I decided to create my sect based on uh, a belief in an inerrant Bible.
Bible, uh, but also I could add in uh, a belief in transubstantiation, which, of course, is very Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I know that uh, <clears throat> the... Um, um, it was interesting to me that uh, it's you know, things come and go, and, uh, and at our age, a lot of times we're talking with people who would not know what a Baptist bag is. I'm not sure I know what a Baptist bag is. <laughs> okay, you just made a purchase at the liquor store, and they asked you for one a bag. Oh, oh, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to say, though, that my sect also is very much into the philosophy of the Christian philosopher, uh, uh, Russus John Rush Dooney, who did not die until earlier this century. Um, he was a very much a believer in the inerrancy of the Bible and a believer that we should be following all the rules um, other than strictly uh, kosher rules um, that are found in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that also is an important part of my, my sect. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> is, um, what, is, is it fair to say that there is a clash between religion and science here, or is there another word that uh, you might want to replace with that? Well, um, the it's interesting. There's a there's a fellow named J.P. Moreland who has written on um, secularism and the uh, or he thinks it's an artificial clash between science and religion, um, and he really uh, thinks that theology is a science and is superior to secular science. So anytime you have a clash, a difference between um, observed science uh, and the science that's found in the Bible, that you should re choose the science that's found in the Bible. So it was just last week that I was listening to um, American Family Radio, which comes from Tupelo, Mississippi, and I think it's Bert was talking about how the science really is showing that the Earth really is six thousand years old. It's it's a very different mindset, and it's a mindset which, if you take it to how it interacts with actual humanity and flourishing of humans leads to some very uh, difficult things. Uh, for once, there's something called redemptive suffering. And it's the idea that through suffering, you've become closer to Christ. And so in my book, I have a fellow who unfortunately cannot... Uh, due to a stroke, can I speak or write, but he can understand, and his 
adopted daughter who dislikes him very much for a reason, um, makes sure that he survives in the hospital for years in a very miserable, suffering condition. Mm-hmm. And But you find this in a lot of uh, Christian references to this redemptive suffering. Personally, I'm not all that into suffering. And as an oncologist, I did not want to see my patients suffer. In fact, I was hoping that that there was going to be miracles and that patients would miraculously get saved, just as is alleged from these uh, words of Jesus in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, many times I have, not many times, half a dozen times I have seen family members um, come with their pastor and place oil on the foreheads of uh, mostly unconscious people, praying for a miracle that they were going to get better. And after 35 years of looking, I didn't see a single miracle. Mm-hmm. Well, I would hope that you would have had some of those. Um, I would have. I would have wanted, yes, mm-hmm. for my patients. I mean, I don't. I didn't really care how they got better. Uh, they could get better miraculously, and that would be um, a way of of restoring my faith. But I just never found that to be true. And there are a number of studies, you know. The Templeton uh, study was probably the most famous. Um, the foundation reported in 2006. Uh, it was named the study of the therapeutic effects of intercessory prayer. It was well designed. It uh, was covered uh, 1,800 uh, coronary artery surgery patients, mm-hmm. and there was no evidence that intercessory prayer had any benefit whatsoever. Mm-hmm. There's also several other major studies, a uh, Mayo trial study and a North Carolina study, mm-hmm. which also found no evidence of benefit from intercessory prayer. And yet this, these are, there's at least five statements in the Gospels that if you pray sincerely, then you're very likely to be miraculously healed. So this is false. Well, I, I think that it takes a, a lot of belief to look beyond that, I think. Um, and I was curious about yes. the, the scientist before, the, the uh, person from the, uh, the other radio show was talking about um, the uh, Earth's age and so forth. Um, to, well, he's only at the... He's he's only a theological scientist. He's he's not. I see. Uh, yeah, I've I've looked. The people who say these things are mm-hmm. never uh, versed in science. At most, they've taken courses uh, and have a master's in the philosophy of science, but they don't actually mm-hmm. do science. Where where out of curiosity, where does he sit on climate change? Um, they are very much uh, uh, in denial. Um, most of the time, they think that, obviously, Revelation says there's going to be this big change um, in climate and, and 
misery and suffering, but it's going to be after, uh, as they believe, the rapture. For mm-hmm. All the, the true believers are escape this planet, um, and the suffering accrues to those of us who are left behind. I had I had made a note to to my to me you know note to me, um, yes, and I'm saying to myself, what source of motivation did Duncan have to write this novel? It it has just always irked me that the true believers have this idea that that we should all believe as they do and that life is sacred and although i believe my life is sacred to me and your life is sacred to you and everybody else it in general i don't think human life is particularly sacred Um, and if you actually read the Bible, it doesn't seem to be all that sacred to God. Now, someone like the Christian apologist uh, Frank Turek says that, well, all life is God's anyway, and uh, so he doesn't really kill people. He just relocates them from one spot to another because your soul is immortal, Um, although there's no evidence of a soul. Um, But I don't disagree with God relocating people. It's just that he does it so cruelly. Uh, In the first instance, he drowns every child on the surface of the earth with the great flood. And drowning is not pleasant. Um, The muscles in your throat constrict so much as to break the hyoid bone. Um, He kills the children of, of... peasants in Egypt with boils and starvation, locusts eat the grain, and it doesn't seem to really matter to him. And then there is the problem of the Midianite massacre, which is what I was never able to let go. And in that, you know, Moses spent 40 years with the Midianites. He married a Midianite. And he had two sons by her. Interestingly, after the massacre, these the wife and sons are never mentioned again. But uh, the the Midianites uh, earned this massacre by uh, trying to change the beliefs of uh, some Israelite men and having um, sex with them, which is always a taboo in the Bible. And because of that, God told Moses, so Moses says, to go and wipe out the Midianites. And they do a pretty good job. They, and they do it, they, God is so pleased with them that no Midianite, uh, no Israelite uh, soldiers is ever seriously harmed. But they kill thousands of Midianite men. And ultimately, they've got all these Midianite women and infant, male and, well, infants and children. And they bring them back to Moses. And Moses 
says, wait a minute, these are these women, they were the worst part. They're the ones who caused our Israelite men to uh, fornicate, and hence I had God had to send a plague to kill 28,000 of them, um, of the Israelites. And there was, Moses says, well, spare all the uh, Midianite girls and women who are virgins. No, and the Bible says there was 32,000. That's a lot of virgins. And in those days, uh, it would, if you were uh, puberty, you were ready to get married. Uh, so these 32,000 would have been mostly females of age 14 or less. So I, I would estimate there was probably about, and most people do, about 30,000 Midianite male infants and children, and probably another 30,000 women of all ages who were not virgins. And Moses gets 12,000 Israelite soldiers and massacres them. How? Well, how? They, they used spears and swords. This is all very painful. If you're a child, you're, you're a four-year-old child, you see soldiers coming at you and killing your mother, and you start running away, and the guy starts hacking at you, with, and mostly they used the Egyptian swords at that time, which were more hacking than stabbing. Um, and it's, it's just, it's horrible. And I just cannot understand that that God would be sad at the death of a conceptus. Well, it's certainly, uh, I guess, on the other side of the table, uh, if you if you try and, and square it in some way, shape, or form, um, I think that the the beliefs um, you know, are still unresolved today. As oh, you, of course they are. Yes. Yeah. And uh, is there is there something in how about uh, something similar that's in Christianity that may be in Buddhism or Hinduism. Um, how about the other religions of the world? Well, Do they have the arguments like the Christ, Christ, Christianity has? Well, certainly the the uh, Islamist um, also are very much opposed to abortion, and of course they're very opposed to. Um, worshiping another god besides Allah. And in fact, if you become an apostate and worship another god like uh, Yahweh or you decide not to worship any god, uh, your your life is forfeit if that is known. And there have been people who have been killed in uh, Bangladesh and in uh, the Near East because, because of that. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's like um, Christopher Hitchens uh, resonates with me uh, when he says that uh, religion is man-made and poisons everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I the, the these are the supernatural religions, um, Hinduism uh, also, and, and I don't know as much about Hinduism and its, and its ideas. 
certainly Buddhism, there are strains which are supernatural and strains which, which are more secular. Um, Taoism, um, Confucianism, they're, they're more secular. They're more ethical religions, and I have no problem with that. One of the reviews uh, mentioned that the book contains uh, a number of metaphysical questions. Could you share some of those with, with me? Ah, I'm, I'm not sure I can. Because um, uh, I haven't read that review. <laughs> it basically just said that there were many un, many metaphysical questions were there metaphysical questions in the book or was someone thinking that that's something metaphysical when it's not we don't well, i guess we don't know i i don't know um it's certainly the idea of does the supernatural exist i would say it doesn't mm-hmm. um and what what does promote the flourishing of humanity and that i think is the question that should be asked mm-hmm. um, not whether um, humanity should follow the tenets of any particular religion but because we are these these evolved beings on this small finite planet this revolving in the in this near infinite universe and what should we be doing with ourselves and how should we be approaching what we should be doing? I mean, right now, we, we've got um, too many of us uh, such that we're with our needs for materials and energy um, are polluting our, our planet's atmosphere with carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide and methane. Um, and it, it is changing the climate somewhat. Uh, we're also um, running out of minerals, if, if you look at some studies, such that by the year 2100, there might be 10 billion of us and not enough energy and minerals to maintain industrial uh, farming that can feed mm-hmm. 10 billion people. Mm-hmm. So all the, we're going to, I think that we'll, we'll get to this point where things are really rather tragic. And then there's going to have to be some, I, some thoughts on what can be done to maintain human flourishing. And it includes uh, ethical boundaries. Um, but it's not going to be solved by religion, at least not a supernatural religion, right? Because right. because it it has supernatural has to do with the pe- different people's ideas of what the God would say, not based on study and fact and observation of what actually causes human flourishing, right. Now, would that uh, include reincarnation? Um, reincarnation is is a, is a nice idea, like having immortality in heaven. But uh, to me, I don't think there's any evidence of that. Mm-hmm. The uh, 
the beliefs here uh, and looking at the you know the arguments and in parts of the parts of the book um it, it sometimes makes it makes it difficult to resolve one before another uh debate begins um have you had any feedback on that um the the those who have read and commented on my book um, have generally been positive and I haven't had any um, uh, questions on that, no. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. Would you be kind enough to share with my audience uh, the uh, various ways they can find your book, buy your book, and contact you if they'd like to? Oh, certainly. Um, you, you need to go to Durant's publishing company, um, the book order department, and they will be happy to send you a book right, right at this moment. It's not yet available on Amazon, although I do expect it to be within the next few months. Oh, that's great. Uh, and they can certainly contact me by my, uh, email uh mm -hmm. which is uh all lowercase duncan deaton all one word d-u-n-c-a-n-d-e-a-t-o-n at gmail.com and i would respond to any questions or comments great great i'm sure that uh, some of my listeners are um, looking to uh, to see about the book, find the book, read the book, and then understand a little better about what you and I have been talking about today. Um, Thank you so very much for allowing me to talk about my book today, John. Sure, sure. I'm glad to do it. Um, I want to thank my listeners who tune in to Searching for Integrity. Um, I also tune out with So Long and Happy Trails to All. Happy Trails to you, John. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>